guys, I'm Nicole Brennan, founder of the I Am Possible Foundation. This is the I Am Possible podcast, bringing together experts, scientists, Paralympians, adaptive sports professionals, authors and disability advocates to talk all things limb difference, disability and inclusion. Today I'm talking to Nate, founder of the prosthetics company Koala. He shares with us the origin story of Koala and we explore some of the more social aspects of prosthetic use within the limb difference community. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get to our chat. Um, hey, Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Um, so firstly, congratulations on your nomination for 30 Under 30 in Forbes. How does it feel? Oh, my gosh. Very weird. <laughs> um, yeah, very weird. The One of the editors messaged me, I think, like on the Friday before, saying, oh, can you fill out this Google form? And I was like, oh, sure. And then literally a few days later, um, people started messaging me and being like, oh, congrats. I'm like, well, so that's really cool. It doesn't, I mean, it. it's for Koala. So, I mean, I don't, it's not really my award. I think, you know, it, it's it's the team that do everything. So I feel a bit <laughs> weird taking credit for that, but it is very, I'm chuffed with it. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's awesome to get kind of the word out there as well around kind of that's prosthetics. That's the most and... exciting thing. People seeing Koala and and that's really fun i mean um i think on the same list is is marcus rashford and mario toji which is cool i do like that yeah, so, yeah that's <laughs> that it. quite fun that's so, awesome yeah, i'm chuffed with it it's exciting um so i wanted to talk to you about where koala came from and uh, the whole origin story but since we've been talking because we've been talking for a few months now i've really wanted to ask you where the names come from like where koala <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm very obviously not Australian, so it's not <laughs> that. Um, this, you know what, the name probably speaks, it probably tells you a lot about us in general. So all we really knew for the name is that we wanted something that just sounded soft and fluffy and nice and approachable and warm and friendly um, and that sounded completely different to the other prosthetics services and companies that we'd seen because uh-huh. i mean not you know not knocking any of them but like in terms of names i think th- the names are very engineeringy and they're uh-huh. very to the point so there's like you know like exolim and bio solutions and stuff and or they're just named after the founder like otto bock or osa or something and i think at the time when we we're picking the name we've been talking to people in the community for you know um over a year and the sense is just that there was we wanted to make something that was supportive and inviting and warm and Mm. we were just going through different animals um and koala just something about it stuck with us and then it was koala with two a's on the end um for many reasons but you know mainly so we could get it protected but the cool thing i like is that like um like this, this is a very niche thing that no, I've been expecting anyone to know or realise, but we, we, we started by making um, arms and like hand prosthetics and koalas have specifically designed hands. They have hands unlike any other animal. They have like two thumbs like, like there so they can climb trees in the way they do. And the way we design our bits and bobs when we work with families is, is specific tasks for specific things. And so I quite like that like link and, nice. and, and that but. Yeah, mainly just it was fluffy and sounded a bit silly, which I like. <laughs> I like it. I thought it was to do with how 
the you've got like the soft sleeve and it kind of clings to you or something. I don't know. That was the story you I told myself. You're, that's because you're smarter than me. I wish I wish that was it. So my girlfriend said the same thing. She was like, "Oh, koala, that's so clever because it like hugs you like a koala." And I was like, "Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why." I'm so glad you got that. Um, yeah. So that I think is really neat. Oh, I like it. It was meant to be. <laughs> it was just fate. Yeah. Um, so tell me more about the origin story because I love, you've told me it before, but I love hearing it and I think the community will love it too. Well, I mean, the idea of setting up a company was, so So to roll the clock back, I was in university at Imperial College London um, doing mechanical engineering. And if you ever met mechanical engineers, we like things and we like making clever bits and bobs. But the idea of running a company is normally the last thing. We don't want any of that business stuff. <laughs> so um, in your third year, um, in the course, you get into groups and you and you pick projects to work on that are proposed by supervisors. We got into a group of four of us. Um, we picked a project and we got rejected from everything we picked. Like, no supervisor wanted us. And so we had the option of either picking whatever the crappy projects that were left that no one else wanted to pick, or we could propose our own uh, and come up with our own idea and do that. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Because we'd just seen, you know, on TV, uh, you know, like 3D printed prosthetics and we'd seen this, we sort of knew a bit about it. We like the idea of making robotics. And frankly, we like the idea of tricking the uni into giving us a thousand pounds to build an Iron Man suit. You know, we just thought, was, you know, like, we thought it was kind of cool. So that's that's literally why we got into it, like completely on a whim. But we were, well, I personally, I was so lucky because um, we very early on in the process got introduced to a, like, my favourite guy in the world, a guy called Alex Lewis, who, you know, aside from travelling the world and, and hand cycling through the desert and, and doing all kinds of crazy things, he's a designer as well and, you know, a father. Uh, but he was a quadruplant PT, so he lived with prosthetics, um, and he understood it deeply. And we met him really on in early on in the project, and it was humbling because the things he was asking for, as a person who wears prosthetics every day, is he know he knows what he needs and what he doesn't need. He was asking for things that were completely different to what our supervisor had been re- recommending, completely different to what TV and media said was available and, and stuff and mm. and we were kind of shocked to see you know after watching like marvel films and seeing all the cool stuff and then watching like good, <laughs> good morning britain and seeing all the brain controlled stuff we were really shocked to see him come in firstly in a wheelchair you know he wasn't walking on bionic legs yeah. um and he was wearing just like regular hooks mm. um he wasn't uh you know having like the articulated hands um, yeah. that you'd seen like heard like that and we were surprised we're like you know why are you wearing this whereas the other stuff that we've seen on tv and, and he just laid it out for us he was just like you know i can't afford those those things no one can mm. you know they're like 60 yeah. pounds um they're impossible to get and furthermore he's saying even if i had one i wouldn't wear it like i wouldn't use that i just want something that's really really comfy because i'm wearing it all day not something that's like you know made of hard plastic <laughs> or something that's um really easy to use I can just pick up and go I don't need to train or you know yeah. and something that if I want a different one like I want one in purple or I want one to go play golf in or something I can just mm-hmm. go and get it yeah. you know with my own money with my own decision and not have to beg someone to fund it for me or, or beg a clinician to procure it for me 
And so it kind of showed us that, like, you know, from where we came from, from the outside, we thought prosthetics were awesome and, like, world-beating, and we thought they were super easy to get and ubiquitous, and we found both of those problems weren't true. And so we, as part of the project, we set about solving the first one to see, you know, can we make a prosthetic that's just way simpler and way easier? Mm. And being engineers and not clinicians, we were trying stuff that I think any sensible clinician would have thought was silly, but we were looking at it like, well, if you're wearing it, they're like kind of clothes. That was the analogies in our head. Mm. And so yeah. we started just trying stuff like that. Like, can we make it flexible? Can we make it um, like you might make trainers, but for your arm? And it got to the end of the project and we had this God awful prototype, <laughs> like, re- like uh, offensively bad. Um, and Alex using was just like, guys, I-, I love this. This is awesome. And he followed that with saying, but I can't get this. Like if I wanted to buy this today, I couldn't. And there's so many people in the world that would use this right now and they couldn't. And it kind of blew us away. We were like, Ford, you know, frankly, student, like dumb students that don't know anything can make something useful for him. Hmm. Then, man, there must be loads of people that could use, use these really simple bits of kit. Um, and we decided we wanted to just keep doing that. And that we needed, you know, more people to help us. So we needed resources to buy more materials. And it turns out that's just, that's what a company is. So we set up a company to, to do it. And, um, and that was sort of the first aha moment. Um, but the second one, which is sort of what prompted Koala to burst into existence this time last year was we had, uh, sort of like the soft prosthetics that we were working on. I've got an example. So ours are sort of like flexible like sleeves that you slip into and like mm. tighten on and then you just have like simple bits that, that clip on, clip off. So that you, yeah. know, you can imagine that you don't need bespoke fitting, you can post these to people mm. and they're like 20, 50 times cheaper than anything else, um, which are really cool. And we were sort of showing this to people. We did a big trial uh, across the country and people were using the components and being like, yeah, this is cool, but you know, what if my child grows out of it in a year or what if they pick a new hobby or how do I know which one's right for me? And they was, they were saying all these things that, that sort of was like a light bulb in their head. like, right. It's not like a prosthetic is one small part of someone's life. Yeah. It's the wider journey that's important and what's more valuable and still lacking. And it's what Koala is trying to fix is that what we need is like a service that's just there to support people with limb difference and be like, look, let's chat what what what's life like and understand on a human level what is useful to do some of those problems might be solved with a prosthetic but some might just be solved by joining a community like you're building and talking to other people and seeing other people who've been through it before um so that's the sort of softer side of it but that's what we're trying to build with koala um that's a really long answer to a short question but it's been we're always learning and it's a fun it's a fun journey to get to here so it's cool yeah yeah, so and like you said, it's it's a small part of prosthetic, but it's there is like a huge social aspect to it. And like when I grew up, I've I've spoken to you about it before. I was given a lot of aesthetic prosthetics <laughs> rather than functional prosthetics. There's something there, was, aesthetic prosthetics. That's a good rhyme. I like that. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like uh, it was to kind of looking back, it kind of feels like it was to hide the fact that, yeah, I have a limb difference. And yeah. then it kind of 
that aspect of the social element came up again in my teens and I was like do I need a prosthetic to hide that I have a limb difference because it doesn't serve me any other way I'm not I can't use it it gets in the way and it feels disabling to me but do I need it to hide and to have a long sleeve and a plastic hand and then just hope no one tries to shake it like (laughs) because that would be awkward (laughs) I think it's so it's so often and again, this isn't disparaging anyone else in it. I think, you know, everyone who's in this industry is in it for the right reasons, at least yeah. I hope. And But it took us, you know, I mean, I have both my hands. So very early on, we realized, like, look, we need to just shut up and listen. Like, we don't know what we're talking about. We, we, we have no idea. There's nowhere we can imagine. So let's just ask people who use these things and who live with limb difference and just listen to what people tell us. But... One of the things for me, and I think it came out from working with young children and families, uh, is that it's so easy for like an engineer to slip into the trap of being like, oh, I'm making a prosthetic limb to replace someone's limb and I'm going to fix this person who was previously broken in some way, mm. which just isn't the case. And it's especially not the case for, for, for people who were born with limb difference because, you know, nothing's been lost everyone's fine it's what's much more exciting is to talk about what new things can we do like what can we collaborate on what new stuff can we invent and do to 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 do more exciting things and that's where i think like the whole the cosmetic angle is sometimes it's for a very good reason but sometimes as you say i get the sense that it is just someone with both their hands is making an assumption and is saying i'll just have this you'll you'll look like yeah. me so that will i've solved your problem which isn't yeah. you know doing a job properly no that's it yes i have a, a funny story about um when i started a new school in year six so i must have been about 10 and i decided that i was gonna hide that i had a limb difference and wear my okay. prosthetic and i went a whole week where i thought like i tricked everybody with my hand that's like in a one position and like the skin was slightly dirty, so it definitely didn't yeah. match my skin tone. Um, and like, yeah, gone the whole week. And then I was like, right, I'm going to tell like my new friend that I have like one hand and this is actually a plastic one. So I took around the corner, I like play and I pulled my arm off and I was like, look, look what I can do. And she was like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what? And apparently the teacher had told them all before I started. <laughs> oh, she ride you out. Unbelievable. <laughs> so I got a whole week trying to trick everybody and blend in and... Yeah, they already knew. They were just, they're obviously just taking it in their stride that I was pretending. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, I get, I'm so, because oh, I mean, I guess kids can go either way, can't they? So, like, kids could either, you'd see example like, kids just don't care about things. Like, they yeah. wouldn't, you know. But then other times, kids can be really mean. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess it's good that it's so nice that they were just like, yeah, okay. what yeah. of it? You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. This is old news. No, I wouldn't What else is happening? Uh, yeah, it's like on the whole week with a super uncomfortable like prosthetic on. And yeah, I didn't need to. To absolutely but... no avail. <laughs> how much, actually, I have been just like, how much, like how often have you ever worn prosthetic? Like ever, at any point? Oh, like if you were to kind of collate my prosthetic use, it'd probably be days, not, not wow. long in terms of how long I wore them. I ended up feeling really guilty, like on my journey through... Like when I was younger, um, my parents were told that I needed to wear them for kind of muscle development because I have got okay. a kind of muscle dystrophy on my limb different arm. Um, but 
so that was kind of the reason behind kind of wearing the heavier arms then but when I had a choice I would leave it in my mum's handbag like poking out or swinging off my sleeve so it looked like it was dislocated <laughs> or I bet that was good to freak people out too yeah I think I, I think I ended up just getting a sick kick out of scaring other people <laughs> but um yeah so I didn't really use it much at all to be honest um yeah each one I kind of I had a lot of hopes for that yeah it would fix me and replace something that wasn't ever meant to be there and then it didn't so and I don't think anything will in terms of that if you're trying to kind of blend in and pretend you don't have a limb difference but like your products are just so so functional that's what I loved about it when when I found you guys on Instagram I think it was last year when you started up and yeah it was just the functionality of it it's not about making anything look like a hand or an arm it's just this is for this this tool is for this and that is it that was beaten into us by (laughs) by alex i mean so this first prototype one of the reasons it was so just naff like i hate it but it's because we we were obsessed with it it had to look like a hand Mm -hmm. we're just obsessed and it was us as people with two hands and engineers we're just obsessed that's like a hand the first thing alex says like it doesn't need to yeah um didn't matter we carried on making it and so i spent nine months uh making this really complicated mechanism like all the fingers so they bend like the fingers interesting like like to grab something you want like the bottom part of your big finger to bend before the top part like the top part bends first and then does that you can't grab anything so anyway i was going through this stuff um and for alex he just wanted to hold a pen so i was trying to get this you know five point what 27 points of articulation to hold a pen absolutely impossible hands are incredible um and i just couldn't get it to hold a pen at the end of the project so i went online and bought a bag it was like two pounds and it had like 50 like little plastic pen clips for like desks and stuff put that on the palms they clip the pen in and then the fingers would go around anyway we give this is the first prototype we gave it to alex and and you're just like guys this is epic I'm like, really? Do you really like it? Is it good? And he's like, he's like, yeah, this pen clip's amazing. I'm like, no, but Alex, look at the fingers. Look at this mechanical thing. That's amazing. He's like, I don't need any of that. That pen clip does the job. That's epic. Yeah. And that kind of, that was like a, oh my God, where it's like, certainly in the West, because it's interesting about the commercial cosmetic thing when you go to places like Sri Lanka and India, but like certainly people we talk to here in the UK, um, upper limb prosthetics are, are tools and it makes sense because it's like you don't use a hammer to eat with and you don't <laughs> walk around with a hammer all day just for the hell of it like you, you pick up a hammer when you need to do something that needs a hammer you pick up yeah. a fork you need to, and that's how we try to design things um is it's like what what's what fun thing do we want to do what activity do we want to do let's make something for that um and it it very often there's no reason for it to look like a hand mm-hmm. uh, when it does something specific so yeah yeah, I totally agree yeah definitely yeah I love that you kind of harnessed all of Alex's experience because obviously going from um having no limb differences to then being a quadruple amputee and the experience there like if anyone has watched the documentary um it's the extraordinary case of Alex Lewis Alex Lewis yeah if you fancy a cry yeah yeah I had a watch (laughs) of that recently and yeah yeah it's emotional um yeah, seeing that and seeing him trying to navigate those hooks that you, you showed me a minute ago. And what I used to have, I used to sit and like try while I was kind of in my physical therapy trying to cut food up with the, this hook and like the frustration and 
like the process you go through with that like you've harnessed all of that in a clinic as well is this sort of like they take you to a clinic and then they get you yeah. to like cut stuff up would they while you're... yeah like, yeah well it was only one one of the memories i have of um going to the hospital i used to go to and yeah we used to sit and we'd do different things i think like painting and stuff as well and try and use the hook for that or um yeah trying to like hold a fork with it and cut up and i'm i'm very independent and <laughs> i get frustrated very quickly if i can't do something yeah. and i want to move away from it so as a that's still here now but as a <laughs> i was just i was done within minutes and they were trying to get me to stay for longer and yeah it wasn't wasn't the best <laughs> like which, activity which is a very human thing i mean i don't know about you but like if i'm trying to think of an example but like whenever i've had to do something like friends come like hey come do this thing and i'm trying to do it and everyone's standing around watching me do it mm. if it doesn't work first i'm like oh screw it i'm not doing it no i, I don't want to like kind of thing it's like it's it's not a nice way to learn something you know even if that's what they want you to do so yeah i yeah, I hear stories like that all the time. Yeah, which definitely, is that, yeah. that kind of process is exactly what we try and completely get away from mm. at Koala. It's, it's it always has to start with not here's what we think you should do because who are we? <laughs> like <laughs> what you know what kind of stuff do people want to do? And then let's work back from that. Um, and what ideas has that person already had of how they want mm. to do it? Often that's a starting point that that does most of the work for us so yeah yeah definitely. I, i'm yeah. not surprised that you stopped or you didn't want to use prosthetics because of no. that <laughs> yeah it's funny when we first started talking and you're like what would you use one for and i was like nothing i don't need one and then it took me a while of like i don't know maybe a month of thinking i was like what would it actually be nice to be able to do as i was going around my daily life and i was like, actually yeah it'd be nice to hold a comb like we've spoken about or be able to blow dry my hair like you would see in a hairdresser um rather than kind of I use like my my shelf and I rest the hairdryer on it so you, you find a way really? around like on it like you pop it on the side yeah and then like yeah. move your hair head. yeah I love that move my head <laughs> so you get neck ache <laughs> I yeah, love you it find, you find ways and but it would be nice to be able to do it in a way that you see um someone with two hands do so yeah it's those little things and um I was talking to my husband the other day and I was like, it'd be awesome to be able to skip rope. Like I've seen, I've seen um, some of your customers skipping rope and I you never could, could so, do that. Oh, so. like, what the, the, what, so the one, cause we went through a bunch of ones and like, I, mm. I, I love like the, the sporty ones as well. Yeah. Um, but the first one we were sending you, so I chatted to the guys yesterday, um, is for that like combing hairdryer. I thought it'd be a nice way to start. But the good news is you will be able to skip with it as well. So that's cool. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm going to video myself. Um, so I would be, be very excited to see that. Yeah, that would be very cool. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think you get so fiercely independent that it's hard to let the idea of prosthetics in again. So I think, um, yeah, your product's awesome for that as well because you talk about, like, um, tell me about how you measure up and everything because it's not one-on-one, is it? It's all remote. Yeah, so what follows on from um designing these devices and and for the longest time i didn't even call them prosthetics because of the stigma that comes with them also i just didn't view them as a prosthetic but mm. uh but yeah so when you measure up one of these things that's essentially just functional clothing we use the same kind of techniques as with clothing so we essentially do like a tailoring so for like a uh this is for 
someone who has an elbow joint, but maybe not a full forearm or hand. Mm-hmm. So for that, all we need is a circumference of the widest part of your forearm to the nearest, honestly, inch is fine. Um, and then with your arm at a right angle, the like the length there. Okay. And because this is flexible, because there's foam in the end and there's enough um, variability that we can then pick, we can make it to that size or pick from our standard set of sizes, like shoe sizes, and then just post one out. And I think at this point we're summing up to like like 95 out of 100 just fit first time. But even if they don't, no worries. It's like when you order stuff from ASOS, like, oh, I thought it would be this size. It's actually this size. Send it back. <laughs> we'll swap it out. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's you know, it's, I would say like, it's, it's not really like an innovation. It's just taking prosthetics from like the 1500s and bringing them forward to like the 20th century <laughs> like, it's not even you know it's just it's just it's just using things that are already tried and tested yeah um but yeah much more like clothing yeah um that's it and i like how you've obviously yeah taken the perspective of um individuals with limb differences and you're working from that rather than like you said prescribing something you think that um someone with a limb difference would need oh, as a non-disabled yeah. person like it's really important and like um I see it a lot in my work where um people who are from the non disabled community will put their opinion or speak for the disabled community. Um which is where my passion kinda sits as well, is giving um individuals with limb differences a platform to speak and share their yeah. stories. How have you found kind of stepping into that space as a non-disabled person oh it's i think i think i think it helps i still have a very you know i started this when i was a student um which wasn't actually that it wasn't only a few years ago so i'm still very fresh i don't really know how the world works um and i'm just very very happy to be the idiot in the room and just aware like i don't really know i don't know but I mm-hmm. love listening and I love working with whoever I'm talking to and figuring out something new that I love. So I've so, it's so humbled and it's lovely. I think the first sort of real community event I ever went to was um, one of the charities, I think it was Reach maybe, the family weekend. And everyone was so welcoming and so nice. And like, I felt like a right you know, I felt like prescriptive coming like, oh, I've got this device that, you know, it might work. I don't know. I'd just like you to try it and, and tell me how I can make it better. Mm. And just coming with that attitude, it was, it was so welcoming. But I mean, I do think, and I have to be really careful of it now, because say we're like four or five years into, since we started it as a project in uni, I have to be really careful to not give my opinion on behalf, because mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't know. My opinion is only formed from what people have told me. So I have to be really careful of that now. Whereas um, I think it's just really healthy to keep a a, a dose of self-awareness. And like, Mm -hmm. no matter how strongly I feel about something, I don't know. So I need to ask someone who does know um, and just take what they say. Honestly, for me, the, 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 the most fun thing, I genuinely mean this, I love having assumptions just completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. I love it because it feels like if like you you've now eliminated a blind spot that 
that you didn't know about and now you've got over it so like you know we might for example i remember a very niche one we're making one for a lady called camille um and she told us that she wanted to hold nails so she could hammer with her Mm -hmm. and we're doing with different devices and trying to get the right angle and the length that could have different all these different things and then um at one point she was like, well, you know, I, I could just do what I do already. And we're like, what's that? It's like, well, I put blue tack on the wall and then put the nail in the blue tack and then just hit it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's <laughs> like so that. much better than anything I can make. And it's, I love stuff like that. And I would never have thought of that because ultimately I don't need to do it one-handed. I can do it two-handed. And you can only learn that by listening. So, yeah, so, yeah long answer to a short question again, but it's just been so welcomed. And yeah. I think it's just yeah important for me and, and the whole team to keep a, a perspective that we don't know. <laughs> we yeah. don't know. We've got to listen. No, I like that. That makes you like the perfect ally because you're open to learning. You're open to having those perceptions challenged as well. And like, um, yeah, it's it's like the perfect way to be in terms of. It's just good fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's... yeah. And now I know how to. Um, put a nail in the wall so i'm excited about that it blew my brain i was like oh my god yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely blew my mind um so tell me more about project limitless as well because um that's kind of where we really started collaborating and it's such an awesome movement oh project limitless is is so exciting it's like for me everyone like i feel really guilty because for me the last year probably the most fun of my life it's been amazing uh like the perfect antidote to this global apocalypse that we're Mm. we're wading our way through um project limitless started from just conversations with people in the community with other charities with douglas barter foundation with alex lewis he has a trust alex lewis trust um and sort of thinking about like and looking at the landscape and saying you know what would it take because we know for a fact like young kids it's really hard to fit rigid prosthetics to them yeah and the younger the harder because kids relentlessly change size <laughs> so <laughs> by the time you make one it uh and I'd, actually i would ask you how how easy it was for you to get one that actually fitted when you were very young but i mean um but with us that are soft we get a lot of interest from parents of young kids saying can i try one out and then when pandemic hit and no one could travel really and if you could you certainly didn't want to the mm. fact that we can just you know pop them in the post and send them to people was game changing for, for uh, a lot of folk and so the charity sort of approaching us and saying you know we can't fundraise for events anymore we're not doing this we're not doing that what if we came together and as a community everyone in the limb difference sphere said let's try and get a prosthetic limb to every child in the UK that might enjoy one. Um, and then as us, as people who make prosthetic limbs, will you, will you fulfill that if we can actually make that happen? Mm. And it absolutely took off. So we did a small a small pilot with about 40 families uh, about April to May last year to see if it works. Like, can we do it completely from home? And this is when we were in our bedrooms. So literally my room, and it's not a big room, was like <laughs> full of like machines and we just like be sewing and stuff. Oh, and then wow. our do my bit, post it to Gino, who would then do his bit, who'd post it to Sanish, do his bit, and then we'd post it out. It was, you know, it's funky. Um, and we did that, and it was like, it's actually really worked. And then Alex Lewis Trust, who had also the documentary, had lots of media contacts. Um, it got picked up from them, 
um, for a national kind of coverage. So this is what we've already done. We're trying to do it for every child in the UK. Why not? This is quite a fun thing. And uh, there's just huge public support. Um, so we all come came together under the banner of Project Limitless, and that's what we're doing now. So we started with ages um, three to ten, and over Christmas time, the support from from donors was unbelievable, absolutely humbling. And so now we're looking to see if we can push it. Like, okay, well, what about every young person? You know, what if we push it up to eighteen, and and yeah, the sky's the limit from there. Um, yeah. It's just a lot of fun. And I know that's when we started talking and just the idea of, I'm a big believer in like, we, you know, we can do more together. Mm. Um, we didn't get into Limb Difference to set up a company. You know, we got into it because it's just, we fell in love with the idea of making something useful for people. Mm. And so the more, the more the merrier, you know. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's, um, Everyone with a limb difference below the elbow. Current, so currently below the elbow, yeah. we have a solution. Uh, if you have a wrist but missing some fingers, with partial mm-hmm. hand, we also have a solution. Uh, top secret scoop, but I trust mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't put it, this anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's. I think it's good because I'd like people to start siding up, and and so we for a long time we didn't do above elbow. But yeah. we're we're working on a solution now, so okay. you know if people sign up now, it's very much in the like, would you help us try it out and iron out the kinks and make it great mm-hmm. um, kind of phase? But we're doing above elbow, but that's awesome. the that's the and, and currently any essentially we're pushing up to any teenager and we're also pushing it down to any age from from birth up to <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, but that sort of is indicative of the way we work. It's it's not product focus it's people focused and so if there's a problem we haven't already you know sorted mm-hmm. um get in touch and we'll we'll get the design team on it and we'll try and work on other limb difference types and keep keep expanding yeah that's it um so it's yes anyone with um a limb difference below the elbow at the moment uh, under the age of 18 then they can apply through your website which i've also got a link on the iron possible website for and then they can get a free uh, sleeve and one free. tool, wasn't it? Yeah, 100% yeah. free. We'll um, essentially be, become part of the, the Koala team. We have Limb Buddies, um, who if you haven't met so far, you will, who um, are in the community. So Amy is the mother of a little girl called Hero who has limb difference, and Sarah has limb difference herself and is planning to cycle around the world. Yes. Because as you do, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and essentially, um, yeah, they'll call you up, chat about what, the, you know, let them might want to do, yeah, and match you with a limb, um, and just post it to you, and then follow up, and then if you need to swap out and they grow out of it, we'll just send you another size of sleeve. If they want to try a different hobby, we'll just send you another tool, um, and because the donations have been overwhelmingly supportive for for for, for the person for the family, totally mm. free. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, Project Limitless is on our it's on our website. Yeah, that's so exciting. I love that. Um, so tell me what's next for Koala then. You've you've said about um, above elbow limb difference products, but is there anything else coming up that you want to share? Or Yeah, I mean, I think certainly for the UK, the exciting stuff for us is we're widening the age range for Project Limitless. 
Um, so any young person, if you can define yourself as young, I would sign up. Um, yeah, anyone, anyone. Um, I would sign up. Don't be afraid by the limb difference. I've below elbow and partial hand right now, but above elbow is coming soon. Sure. Um, and then, but outside of the UK, uh, Niall, our, our head of overseas projects, is doing amazing work in uh, Sri Lanka, Sierra Leone, and Syria. Okay at the moment and um, we're starting to do something in Europe as well um, so we're starting to do some more stuff overseas because if you post stuff you can go anywhere so yeah. that over the next year I think hoping quite will be a bit more international than just UK focused but uh, for now yeah that's, this is certainly where we do most of our stuff yeah that's, that's all exciting. very exciting yeah, it's really exciting. So actually, um, our communities obviously international as well. So I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will be excited to hear that. Yeah, wherever you are, and it's it's, it's it, it sort of follows through everything. So I mean, you know, we do see ourselves definitely as just like a service, like a port of call, you know, for people with limb difference to just let you have as much choice as possible over what you want to do. Um, and that goes right through to where we are. So the only reason we were in those overseas places because we had users there getting on t- in contact saying, can I get this? Um, so I would encourage anyone, any age and anywhere, get in contact with us because we've got something that we could work with you on. So yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. So I have one more question for you. Uh, we've been giving this to all of our podcast guests. Oh. So <laughs> you sound nervous. Um, if you could finish this sentence with one word, what would it be and why? So I am... And then your word. Optimistic. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Especially in I'm the world optimistic. right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm optimistic. I think, you know, things are good. Things, well, they're going gooder. <laughs> yeah, they're going gooder. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like I'm it. optimistic. What was yours? <laughs> oh, you can't my. Say no. No one's asked me it back. No, you caught me off guard too. Uh-oh. Um... And there's been so many good ones recently that they're all coming up into my head straight away. What was the funkiest one from a guest? Oh, I am me. I loved that from Lily. It's just That's, I, am, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah so like that. it was about how yeah she's not defined by her limb difference. She's her, and that's it. Like there's many like facets that. to her, so I like that. So I'll free say I am. I am able. So that's my my word for what I've got. Um, a project coming up with Karis, who's an awesome artist, and she's doing some um, artwork to raise money for charity. And you had awesome. to pick a word. So um, I think I, I've always had to fight to be seen as able. I felt in the world, just with obviously the the society we live in, the, like the ableism that's just everywhere and ingrained in in myself as well. So yeah, to it's, be able. It's it's so interesting, and I know I'm probably going off a tangent now, but like I always find it's interesting where the concept of being disabled like having limb difference people would assume is a disability mm. but those same people like you know putting your hair on the side and then using your hair people be like oh whoa i never would have thought of that or people that can pick up stuff with their feet and do all kind of funky things like the stuff alex does you know he he doesn't yeah. have any of his limbs he you know and people are always overwhelmed by how much more they can do than someone who has all their limbs so yeah yeah i it's funny that people can assume it's disabled when honestly normally it's the opposite yeah yeah that's it I, I think 
the word disabled I, I've only just kind of made friends with almost because it's if you break down the word it's disabled so it's saying that you're not able and I've always had to be like hang on a minute like I'm not I'm not unable to do anything I might just do it differently so please don't call me that whereas now I see it as a different kind of community of people that, so it? yeah it's, it's just different so yeah. yeah I think that's good I am able I am able I'm optimistic as well about your ability. I like it <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much it's been so good to chat to you always a oh, chance um so tell our listeners how they can find you as well how they can join up oh I would yeah I would encourage anyone to go to www.yourkoala, that's koala with two A's at the end for yeah. reasons, dot com. <laughs> um, and there's all kinds of stuff on there. My favorite stuff is just the case studies of exactly to your point, what people with limb difference just get up to. And yep. it, and every single one never fails to astound people who have both their hands. Like it never fails to. So that's that. I would, I would encourage you to that. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, um, you can always email me. I'm Nate, N-A-T-E, at yourkoala.com. It's about the same way. So give me a message. I love chatting, as you can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the I Am Possible podcast. And thanks again to Nate for joining me to share the origin story of Koala, some of the reasoning behind how he's designed his products, and to hear more about his incredible Project Limitless. Myself and the I Am Possible team are so excited to be working with Koala, and I can't wait to share with you my journey through having prosthetics again after 15 years. It's been so fun to try out the sleeve and put it to the test. Now, if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it, tag us on your social media, and subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. We've got some great guests coming up that you won't want to miss. This podcast is brought to you by the I Am Possible Foundation. Now, we've recently had a lot of messages on our social media asking how people can support our cause. One excellent way you could do that is by joining us in the I Am Possible Foundation Sunflower Competition. It's £5 to enter and the winner, the one with the tallest sunflower, will receive a £50 cash prize. To enter, you just have to go to www.iampossiblefoundation.co.uk forward slash sunflower dash competition and you'll be able to find everything out there that you need to know. Have a great week and we'll see you next Friday. Thank you.